Welcome back, everybody, to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I'm one half of the team, Kevin Coleman, and I'm joined on the podcast by my co-host, Jacob Dunn. Jacob, 3-0 and Broncos. How are you feeling out there, buddy? <laughs> we are flying high out here in the mile high. I mean, it's it's just it's just all roses right now. You know, we steamrolled three teams that we were supposed to beat. Now our schedule's looking a little bit dicey with the Ravens coming up, Steelers, Browns. So, uh, you know, Broncos fans shouldn't get too used to it. But, hey, I'll take 3-0. Hey, we'll take 3-0, right? Like, it, oh, you yeah. know, um, especially with how your guys' year has been, especially last year, right? Like, especially last year. Uh, yeah. But, hey, you know what? As a Cowboy fan, I'm excited, too. We had a good we had a good game last night, and we looked good. And we yes, could sir. easily be 3-0. So, like, I, as far as, like, my football teams, Michigan's 4-0, I am just loving life. I know Colorado's not – not as not as hot anymore, uh, but you know, we're, <laughs> we won't go there with the buffs. Uh, but you know, it's been a great hey three weeks. But you know, we're here, and on today's show, we're going to be covering recent news, then breaking down some everything, really everything: streamers, dynasty, redraft, sneaky start and sits, and and we hit a bunch last uh, last week. Uh, even my Dawson Knox scored a touchdown. I'd like to give the shout out to my divide Dawson Knox. I had yep. there. So let's roll into week three and then week four. Let's do it. Here we go! All right. Well, let's talk about week three very quickly. Uh, and we're just going to kind of go over some guys that stood out to us and disappointed us uh, this, this season. Or maybe just, I don't want to say, maybe the disappointed narrative. But one guy for me, man, Mike Williams. Absolutely mm. crushing it right now. Um, I talked about Mike Williams on my Fantasy Pros article that got released today for Dynasty Assets. Uh, you know what? He's wide receiver one right now by a high margin, even over Cooper Cup, even over Devontae Adams. I think it's 16 points in PPR formats. He's wide receiver one. He had 30, 30, 33.2 points last game, uh, and he, he's absolutely phenomenal right now. So yeah. I got to give a shout out to our guy, uh, Mike Williams. If you had him, and like Brand, I saw someone make a joke, if you drafted him and Brandon Cooks, you're feeling pretty good right now huh. in your life. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, you are. And, and to me, Mike has always had this ability. He had 10 touchdowns, I believe, a couple mm-hmm. of seasons ago. He's had a couple thousand yards. Receipt. He just couldn't stay healthy. And right. the consistency hasn't been there. Now, it's still week three. That's, that's you know, relax on whether he's going to finish as a wide receiver one. But you have to love him in that offense, and you have to love him in that new system. So I, I'm a big believer. I'm a, just a shout-out to Mike Williams. I'm glad yeah. the talent's come together. Yeah, I was, I was down on him to start the season. But he is proving me wrong because he's staying healthy and yeah. he looks great with Justin Herbert. He always had that, he always had that ceiling, that potential with Justin Herbert in his second year. It's just that he could never stay healthy. Now, I do think that you need to parlay this if you manage Mike Williams. You need to parlay this and trade him, sell high on him if you can. That's my advice. I'm wondering, Kevin, do you feel the same or would you rather just ride it out? So I wrote it today, and I, okay. and, and this is the thing because I have Mike Williams everywhere. So like I've always been a big believer on believer in him, and so uh, I said you either sell high. So you're now, but the problem is, is I just don't know how much you're selling high for right now because I looked at some of the recent trades, and he's actually still like I think Dallas Goddard was the recent one straight up. I would rather have oh. Mike Williams. Oh, absolutely. Like so. I don't think his price, because of what we talk about, where we're worried about like, hey, you know, is he going to stay healthy? Is that consistency going to be there? So I'll be honest, like price to me doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get sell high. But right. if you're like a borderline or a rebuilding team, or you feel like you're in that area, you're going to sell high. Obviously, you can get a first for him and something else asset. I don't hate it. Uh, but if I'm contending, I'm just going to ride this thing out with him because you don't know. I mean, in this offense, you could have it there like. Yeah. I, you, you know, to me, if you're a contender and you're going for it, like I have one league where I'm a contender. I have Ben Roethlisberger's carcass. I have Mahomes. I got Eckler. <laughs> I got Javante. And then I have Mike Williams on that roster. It's a 14-team league, so it actually is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm rolling with Mike, and we're just going to do okay. this together. And if he can give me a championship this year, I'm going to be extremely happy. I like that a lot. And one guy who stood out for me is Najee Harris. He was the RB1 this week with 28.2 points. The fact that Najee received 19 targets is astounding. Yeah. Pittsburgh is dealing with a bunch of injuries with Deontay, with Juju. That definitely helped out Najee for sure. But Harris has that weekly RB1 ceiling just given the Steelers propensity to just give him the ball. I mean, he is not, you know, I think he's averaging somewhere between 3.1 to 3.4 yards per carry. Yeah, but he's yeah. getting those targets. He is he he doesn't rely on game scripts for his production. He is in there 
whether they are losing, whether it's a neutral game script, or even if they're up, which hasn't been much this season. I mean, like the Steelers offensive line is awful. So the Steelers will be in every single game, whether they are a touchdown down or it's a tie game. So Najee is matchup proof to me because Ben Roethlisberger, he looks awful. Like you said, he is a carcass of what he once was. He, he, he is a shell of what he once was. And he is looking to check down almost every single snap. He's not mobile whatsoever. There has been some videos of him just like tripping over his own feet. He just doesn't look good. I don't, you know, uh, I just don't know why he didn't give it up over the off season. Uh, but he's still here and that's going to benefit Najee just checking it down to him. And I can definitely see Najee averaging somewhere between eight to 10 targets a game. Yeah, and Najee's weird, right? Because he hasn't had more than 45 yards rushing. Right. But the it's the receiving that you look at. Like, hey, in PPR, he's had 19 and 28 points the last two games. <laughs> I, I, and I agree. I think that's good. I do think that offensive line's a problem. Yeah. Uh, but if he continues to get the, the target, I mean, he's not going to get 19 targets again. Well, he might uh, in that offense. Maybe. But <laughs> if, he can, if he can go around like 15, like let's say he gets 10 to 15 targets now, I mean, that's what you look. Volume is key. And right. I think that's what people got to realize, like, yeah, the player might not be like Hertz is not was not good last night, but he right. still finished with 20 some you know, points because of yep. the game script. And that's so you got to keep that out of mind. But I, I do right. agree. I think Najee's look good, but 19 targets, man. That, and I think in the ways they got in the ball, it wasn't just like dump offs either. Like they right. did split them out mm-hmm. and Juju went out. We know Deontay's hurt. Like right. they're going to have to get like their guys the ball. And I think Najee's going to be a big, big big benefactor of that so that that's that's kind of the my viewpoint there so yeah i agree i think Najee, you know he's an interesting yeah i think he's still running back two for me and like i said in dynasty i was always going to keep Najee for two years and i'm out so like this would be your one year window can you go after him but if you're at a deep deep rebuild this is a time to kind of maybe trade him like if I know, like, hey, it's going to take me three years, I don't know if Harris is someone mm-hmm. that you want to rely on for in the third year. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how, how it feel out there. Uh, yeah. My guy is uh, – so I have a disappointed one, and, and I'm not disappointed because I don't have any shares of this guy. But I know there's people out there that are, and that's LaVisca Chenault. Wide receiver 57 right now, 8.8 points is all that he has. Uh, mm. Target-wise, he had 10 targets the first game. Uh, he turned out in 50 yards. He yeah. had seven targets the second game. He had minus three yards. And then he had four targets four receptions last game, so he's pretty efficient, but 48 yards. But to me, I don't see the numbers uh, that I like, especially in a negative game script, which he's been in, especially right. this last game against Arizona. Didn't have the targets you'd like to see. Marvin Jones seems like he's you know he's elevated himself, uh, yeah. and then you look at like Hyde there. James Robinson got a little bit more run and had the more targets last game, and then you got to just see DJ Chark, who didn't have a great game. He had a touchdown, I think it's forty eight yards, something a touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. But even then, it just seems like Lavisca is kind of the. I thought he was overvalued all off season, whether it was in like Twitter sphere yes. or anything like that. Like I think yeah. it was more of that. I called him Den- Denard Robinson with muscles. Dang, recently, that's a deep I got, reference. I like it. And I I got kind of yelled at by a couple huh. guys because they're truthers of Lavisca, but it, I sure. think he's that same mold. I think he's not. He's nothing that that's kind of in there. Right. So I, I agree. I think that when you're looking at it, I think that Lavisca is someone who was always overhyped. Now, it doesn't yeah. mean you don't try to go get him. I, I do think he's valuable right now in Dynasty if you can get a little lower, maybe at that price. But he's a wide receiver three that was getting drafted sometimes as a wide receiver two or with yep. that upside. I never saw that. Yeah, all over the Twitter sphere, all off season, it was like LaVisca, wide receiver one season incoming. Everyone yeah. was all aboard that hype train. And even, even at his best last year, it was just a volume-based all right, we're going to manufacture touches or we're going to manufacture touches for Visca and we're going to hope that he just breaks free. But he's just a chunk yardage guy. He's going to get those screen passes, but it's not going to be for much. Like you said, Chenault ranked 5th on his own team in targets last week. He had, you know, he secured all 4 of his targets for 48 yards, uh, but he's just not being targeted like you said. All right? Yeah. So through the first two weeks, he was leading his team in targets or he was ranked second to Marvin Jones. Okay. But now he is ranked somewhere third and fourth. And that's not what you want on a struggling Jags team with a struggling Trevor Lawrence. All right. Trevor Lawrence could progress as the season goes on. So 
like you said, I'm not cutting bait on him because I do like that floor and that potential ceiling, but I'm not starting him until further notice. No, no yeah. you can't start him. You, you got to stay away from him. So I'm right. interested to see what you say about this next guy because ah. you know, he's, he's my guy. So let, let's hear Let's hear what you have to say. I was all too stoked to write him down, man. It's DeAndre <laughs> Swift, your boy. He was RB5 this week with, with 23.7 PPR points. Yeah. Swift, Swift is quickly proving to be matchup proof. All right. He didn't run well. He only accumulated 47 yards on 14 rushing attempts, but he more than made up for it with seven catches on seven targets for 60 yards. Okay. He's going to be in the game in the first, second, third, and fourth quarter because this Lions team is going to fight. They have shown fight in them and have and have been in every single game besides week two against the Packers, but they were even hanging tough in the first half until they gave it up in the second. But Swift, Swift, again, he's matchup proof. He's going to be, he's going to be on almost every single play. Now, he did have a really big week thanks to a two-yard plunge, you know, a yeah. touchdown plunge. Uh, but that tells you that he is the preferred goal line back, which boosts his value even more. I mean, he is an every week. RB2. And there were those that were fading him early in the offseason, like you said, or like you have pounded the table for him, Kevin. And I was even a little bit worried just because the Lions got Jamal Williams. But Swift is figuring it out. And Williams is still getting his touches, but Swift is doing so much more with his touches and is out touching Jamal Williams by by a lot. So Swift is a safe RB2 every week with that RB1 ceiling. I love it. I, I, you know, I tried, I tried out here. I was pounding the table. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I, you know, I said like, you know, and I think like you mentioned, like Jamal Williams has done great, but what sure. it, me to me personally do talent wins out. Like at some point they got to realize Swift gives them the best. And I think Swift's still injured. Like to me personally, I think yeah. he's still nursing it. And so when he comes back healthy and if he comes back healthy, I think he's going to see that target share, that volume go up oh, and it'll, it, it could be almost like it's 70, 30, 60, 40. And now you're talking about like, I, to me, he's a top three dynasty asset. Like, I don't know how you can't have him as a dynasty asset for the running backs. I just don't with his upside. Like we said earlier, it's not necessarily always about like the best player. Sometimes it's about the best situation. Right. And like, and I, and I did notice that like, I used to always laugh when guys would see like, well, the lions are going to suck. That's perfect because Swift is a perfect receiving back yes. out of the backfield and it's going to work for well for him. Like just because mm-hmm. the Lions aren't going to be good doesn't necessarily mean Swift's not going to be good. Right. So uh, I agree. I think Swift's been great. I, I hope he stays healthy as always. All these guys knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, he's been there. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm undefeated in every team I have Swift on. So, <laughs> I love that. And and the more that the lions have to play catch up, which is probably going to be in every single game this year, the more target Swift is going to get. And like you said, Kevin, if, if he, if he gets even more healthier sky is the limit. So if you roster him in even redraft league leagues, enjoy the ride. Do not sell high. Yeah, no, don't sell high. Take it. Yeah. No. This is a guy that you don't sell high. You ride it out. Cause a guy like him only comes every once in a while, especially right. the running back position. Uh, but yeah, speak shot of them. I'm sorry. Lions fans on a side note. I can't believe you lost the way that you lost. I, oh. really, I can't 66 yard field goal. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Lions fans. Heartbreaker. All right, let's go to our waiver ads and watch Uh waiver ads looking a little dry out here, uh, depending on yeah. leagues and league settings. So just to be honest, like, it kind of depends what you go with. Uh, Jacob, who, who's someone that you're keeping your eye on or maybe you're going to grab? Okay, so right off the bat, we're not going to say Chuba Hubbard because he is just yeah. the obvious ad. And I don't know about you, Kevin, but he was already taken in every single one of my leagues. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I can't get him. I, no. There's no. He's already gone. <laughs> yeah, so if he is somehow available in your league, absolutely put in put in a waiver wire priority or just or just or just bid up for him because. Hamstring injuries are tricky. CMC was already banged up all last year. I mean, I'm not saying that he's, you know, like injury injury prone now, but like, you know, he's getting banged up and he's not a big bulky back. So it's possible that CMC takes his time. Now he's not on the IR. So the Panthers aren't banking on him needing three weeks, which is the minimum stay if they go on IR right now. But, you know, spend up to get Chuba just in case because he could he could be 
the starter there in Carolina for two weeks plus. Uh, but okay. So now that we got Chuba out of, out of the way, I want to focus on another Panther and that's Sam Darnold guys. He was quarterback five in week three and he's quarterback 12 on the season. He's only rostered in 22% of Yahoo and 29% of sleeper. There's only 12 quarterbacks. I'd rather have over Darnold for the rest of the season. He's shown sneaky rushing upside. He has three rushing touchdowns and he has a brilliant rapport with DJ Moore. Now the CMC injury dings him a little bit, but Chuba Hubbard is a capable backup who will definitely keep that RB room afloat. So if you need a quarterback or your guy just isn't posting consistent numbers, uh, consistent numbers, add Sam Darnold immediately. Yeah, I, I like that. I would say this. I am worried about him this week. So I, uh, we're going to talk about that a little later uh, against the Cowboys. Yeah. And I didn't think I'd say that, but the Cowboys defense is looking pretty good. Uh, okay. And Diggs and that that defensive backfield, like uh, that defensive backs and stuff. Like I think they're the 13th rated defense in the court of PFF right now. Like I am a little nervous about my guy Sam. And just be- this week, just because CMC's out. Cowboys defense is playing pretty good. They have a little confidence. They've created uh-huh. some turnovers, which I've never seen before as a Dallas fan. So I am a little nervous about this week. Interesting, because uh, a little a little spoiler alert, he's one of my streaming options again. So Yeah, yeah. Oh. And he's one of my sits. So let's okay, move on. So we'll, we'll argue <laughs> about that in a second. The only – so for me, uh, you know, there's a, there's a waiver wire. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, deserves like maybe, depending on how your league is at, uh, I know I think he is 70% uh, owned, but there's still leagues out there where he's not owned. Yeah. Uh, you know, Buffalo, he, he's got eight, six, and six targets. I think he's the clear number two guy. Him and Beasley, I think, are going to go back and forth on this. You can definitely drop Gabriel Davis if you thought yeah. he was going to be anything uh, in your later. league. Uh, but, you know, last week, and again, obviously the touchdowns helped him. He had six catches for – or five catches, excuse me, 94 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, a little bit there. But, again, you saw the targets. And so he's at eight, yep. six, and six. So those are consistent. And he had six and a 35-0 win. So, to me, like when you're watching what he's been doing out there, I think clearly Diggs has taken off some of the pressure for him. Emmanuel Sanders, I was high on Emmanuel Sanders last year. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of went away. Whatever, for whatever reason, he did not definitely have a great season uh, with New Orleans. But this year, you know what? It looks like he's there. And so, I feel like he could be a, a, a sneaky waiver wire ad. If Beasley was to go down or any of these guys, now we're talking about a legit okay, waiver ad there for, for Sanders. So, mm-hmm. give me Emmanuel Sanders. I like that pick a lot. Like you said, eight, six, and six. I mean, that is super consistent. And this Bill's offense is high powered. So you want a piece of that. And he is a consistent piece of that. So I love that. If he is floating in your waiver wire somehow, pick him up for sure. Now, my next guy here is Jacoby Myers. He is rostered in 64% of sleeper and 58% of Yahoo. So he might not be available in your league, but just go check because there's a chance that he is. And last week in a negative game script, he hauled in nine of 14 targets for 94 yards. That is PPR gold. All right. And last week against the saints, that was the first time that the Patriots were blown out this season. And their game plan was to force feed Jacoby Myers, the ball and try to make something happen. All right. I don't, I'm not saying that you can trust him every week. But you can start him with confidence as your wide receiver three this week in week four against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. Tom Brady returns to New England and he's going to wreak havoc on New England. He's going to get his revenge. He's going to turn into angry Tom and just go nuts, which means that Mac Jones is going to have to try to match him. Mac Jones is going to cling on to Myers. So I really like Myers this week as with a wide receiver three floor and possibly a wide receiver too. If he can finally find that end zone in the first time in his career, he yeah. would definitely be a fringe wide receiver two, three this week. If he can just find that end zone, right? Yeah. Like I'm a big Jacoby guy, but he's right. got to find an end zone and, and they got to do that. But no, I like that. I like that call. Uh, mine's my guys from your neck of the woods, Tim Patrick. 
Yes. You know what? Like with Judy going down, obviously Hamler now, RIP Hamler, sorry for your uh, your ACL, dang it, because I have you in a few places. I think Patrick can step up there. And we talked about him yeah. before, you know, 6'4", 212. Uh, he's a big kid. You know, he's had four, four, and five targets. And last game, obviously, had 98 yards. I think he was their leading target. Not, I don't have target, but receiver. Uh, I yep. know that for sure because yep. I have fan everywhere, and I was disappointed. So, yeah. And he's there. Oh, They're going to – I think when we're going to see is – you know, the Broncos are not that good. Now, I don't want to hurt Jacob's feelings, but they played the Giants, Jacksonville, and the hey. Jets. So, like, when, to the we're, when we're looking at game script, what's going to happen is Baltimore, Pittsburgh, are yeah. that'll be the, the litmus test. And right. I do think that we're going to see that negative game script. We're going to see Patrick get involved, too. I could see Patrick being a low-end wide receiver three. I mean, I think I think you can add him and, and feel comfortable starting him. Uh, I will be starting him next week in a yep. league because I just the injury it just says what it is. Like, I, and I'm comfortable starting Patrick. Uh, and, you know, when you look at it, like, if you Juju has less points than Tim Patrick does this year. Tim Patrick's been pretty solid in PPR, 13, 12, 14 points. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. So to me, I think Patrick is an interesting ad in terms of like who you would want as, as someone that can kind of sneak up and, and grab you. And not everybody's going to go grab Tim Patrick because nobody, I mean, I even made a joke last year about Tim Patrick and then he did really well for me. I won my game because of him and everybody made fun of me, but that's kind of how that works. Yeah. Tim Patrick is so consistent. He is, he, he, he is super, super quietly consistent. Even last year, he was great. You know, like with Sutton, Sutton out all year, he was great. He was a consistent wide receiver three, four option. Like you said, the Broncos face a stiff schedule right now. They face the Ravens, Steelers, the Raiders, the Browns, Washington football team, and the Dallas Cowboys here. Okay. The Broncos don't have any more gimme games left. All right. Which means that we're going to see what Teddy Bridgewater has. What does Teddy two gloves have? Okay. Now with Hamler going down and Judy, not going to come back for at least the next three to four weeks. It's just Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. All right. There's, oh, and Noah Fant, but Fant, man, like you said, he disappointed last week. He just, you know, he disappeared. That was, that yeah, was ridiculous. Yeah. But Teddy Bridgewater loves Tim Patrick and Tim Patrick, he's six foot four. He's 212 pounds. He's a big dude. All right. And he is a reliable target. So I love that call, Kevin. He was actually one of my favorite ads before I saw that you added him into the show sheet. Cause, cause I was revving up to be like, guys, just because Tim Patrick has a boring name, it doesn't mean that he's, he is going to put up boring stats on your fantasy team. So add him. If you need a flex Add him, if you need a wide receiver three in a PPR league, I mean, he deserves your attention and deserves to be rostered in way more leagues than he's in. Yeah, and he's a wide receiver 24 right now. So he's the low-end wide receiver too. Yep. I mean, that's that's kind of where he's at. And he's shown consistency. And to me, I like those consist- consistent plays that I can yeah. play. And so I- I'm all about that. So, yeah, big pin Tim Patrick guy here. Uh, now, we're going to go into our next segment, which is like sneaky start and set. So guys that maybe. You know, we don't want to go out here and say, oh, you know, start, you know, start Patrick Mahomes. That's not what we're trying to do. Uh, Trying to like look at some guys out there. Like, so like I know last week we talked about other guys, but, you know, for me, I talked about Dawson Knox. I said, hey, you could, you know, score a touchdown. He did. Uh, And so guys like that, like if you're injury prone, you got some things going on. Uh, So we're going to go through each position and uh, let's go to quarterbacks first. So, again, you know, a lot of quarterback issues right now. Let's say you drafted Big Ben. You thought he was going to be your guy. You maybe had to stream a little bit. One guy for me that's a start is Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. and for, versus Atlanta. I think the Atlanta matchup is great. I know Atlanta played a little better against the Giants, but I think that says more about the Giants than it does yeah. about Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the Giants are that great. Offensive weapons in there. I think that Heineke is a very good start option this week if you're streaming or whatever you're trying to do, mm-hmm. just because I do think they're going to get Gibson more involved in the receiving game. I think they figured that out finally. Uh, that There's just too many weapons. and, I, and Atlanta's not going to be able to play defense against all these guys. And I mm-hmm. think Heineke is going to be the benefactor. Like You could be looking at a low-end quarterback one day for Heineke. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I love that call, and... Spoiler alert, we could be talking about him more later in the show, but great call, Kevin. Um, My first quarterback call, uh, a sneaky start, is Kirk Cousins versus the Cleveland Browns. All right, the Vikings are at home. Kirk Cousins has quietly been dominating. He's quarterback six through the first three weeks. All right, Adam Thielen, he refuses to regress. All right, he's great. He looks fantastic. And Justin Jefferson finally broke out 
last week to the tune of 118 yards and a score. So last week, Kirk was quarterback six last week in Seattle, even without Dalvin Cook. So to me, he's a must start for me in all formats with or without Dalvin Cook. Right now, he's my quarterback 12 for the week. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I, I like Kirk is just out here just winning people fantasy matchups. Maybe not games. Maybe not all right. he's there, but sure. he, you know, he, he's definitely he's definitely one of those. Uh, I mean, he's consistent, right? He's consistent. He was someone I was going after in redraft a lot. And we did yeah. that when we did our mock draft. If you listen to that episode, that was someone you and me both were w- trying to grab. I think I grabbed mm-hmm. it before you. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, dang it. Cause that, that was my, <laughs> my, my viewpoint. Like I wanted right. to try to grab him because uh, just the way that, you know, he's not flashy, but he'll win you games and he's consistent. Like uh, think of the right. guys that maybe drafted big Ben around that time, maybe earlier, uh, like there's got Justin Fields is getting drafted around that time. And now you could have Kirk Cousins throwing three touchdowns, 300 yards. And you're just yeah. like, Hey, I'll take it. Uh, so yeah, no, I agree there. Now the one thing I probably don't agree, I I'm still, I'm sitting Sam Darnold. I, I, again, like, and I think Dang. this is maybe a cowboy bias, you know, okay. Trayvon Diggs has been hot. I think that Trayvon Diggs versus DJ Moore is going to be a fantastic matchup. Like Dang. that's going to be a ton of fun to watch. And I do think that Diggs can definitely line up against him. Huh. Uh, Robbie Anderson has kind of been out. You know, he had not looked great. Again, when you're looking kind of how that, how that CMC being out is a big deal. I believe he's going to be out for a few weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. I, from the last time I looked at there, I think that this defense is going to have a couple turnovers. And whether that be on through the ground, uh, maybe like fumble recoveries or interceptions, like this defense is a lot better than what people think. And mm-hmm. they have proven it this year. And they looked okay against Brady. I know Brady has whatever Brady has. They 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 intercepted Herbert. Herbert looked good. I was at that game. I saw that. Obviously, yeah. Hurts last night again. And, you know, Darnold's not going to be able to run like Hurts. He has some rushing upside. And so I, I do like Darnold's ability. But he's not going to be able to do that as well. So, like, I do think mm-hmm. that this defense is dominant. I think the defensive line's better. Parsons being out there. I know they're losing Lawrence. But Parsons being there. He's been kind of a disruptor on that defensive line. I'm coming around on Parsons, Jacob. I know you liked uh-huh. him a lot. Yeah. I did not. And now mm-hmm. I'm starting to come around on him a little bit just because of what he's been able to do. He's a versatile defender. So, you know, I, I, I'm i coming around on that. So I'm going to sit Darnold. If I have him in a league, and I do, I have him everywhere. A couple of leagues I can't because it's super flex. I don't have two, I only have two quarterbacks. Sure. If it was a one quarterback option, I'm going to try to, I'm trying to pivot away from him. Man, I love your confidence in your team, the Cowboys defense. I definitely do think that they are better than last year because every pick that they spent this year was was spent on the defense. I learned that last night. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, they went they went defense heavy. You know, they're like, our offense is set. Let's just spend all our picks on the defense. And it's working. And I love Dan Quinn, you know, like as, as a defensive coordinator ever since his days in, in, in Seattle, when he, yes. when, when he was captaining the Legion of boom, he, he, he is, he is a defensive genius. So he can turn that around. All right. Um, I don't necessarily agree with your take and I'll tell you why later. <laughs> uh, but I respect that. And I, and I agree that Diggs looked great last night. He looked great on Monday night. Uh, he shut down Smith. He shut down all the Eagles wide receivers. Um, so, my next sit here at quarterback is Derek Carr. Now he travels to Los Angeles, all right, to face the Chargers. You talk about consistency. Carr has been right behind Kirk Cousins as far as the consistency factor goes. Carr is quarterback nine to the first three weeks, all right? But this week he has to travel to L.A. to face a Chargers defense ranked in the top five in least amount of fantasy points given up to the quarterback position. This looks like a possible shootout on paper, uh, but I foresee Carr producing the first dud of the season against the two and one Chargers because the Chargers gave Patrick Mahomes fits last week. And I see, I see like Carr isn't as consistent. Like he's not going to be consistent all season. I see that this being his hiccup game because at that game that you were at when it was the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Cowboys, that Chargers defense at home looks dominant and they gave Dak fits all game. So, and Derek Carr is not on the level of Dak and that Cowboys offense. So I definitely see Derek Carr being a sneaky sit, sit this week. I see him, I see him landing outside the top 20. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, and, and you know what? The Chargers gave Mahomes fits too. And right. I, I, I do think that when you looked at that, no, I, I give you credit there. Yeah. I, I, Derek Carr is, that's an interesting play because Derek Carr is due for one of those 
one ninety eight, one touchdown, one interception game. Exactly. Yeah, he's due. He's been playing out of his mind right now. And you know what? The Chargers are legit good. Like, the Chargers can play. Like, Mm -hmm. I would bet more on the Chargers than I would bet on the Raiders. I think that's kind of my mindset as well. Um, All right, let's go to running backs. Uh, One guy that I – I can't believe I'm actually saying his name out loud. But remember, this is sneaky start sis. Is it like – you know, yeah, it's Zach Moss. And, you know, I've never been a huge Zach Moss guy, so I'll be real. But we had our doubts after week one. He was scratched, right? Like, so he had that. In week two, there was some there. But in week three, three he had two more carries than Singletary. So he had 13. He had 34 more rushing yards. He had 60 rushing yards total. He had two more catches. He had one more target than Singletary, too. So he had 91 total yards and a touchdown. So I know they're going to use their mix up their running back usage, but I do think that he could be one of those guys that kind of yields some big returns right now. So when you're looking at his schedule come up, plays in Houston, I think he could have a very positive game against Houston. He'll score a touchdown. Like, so realistically what I'm looking at is like, can he get you like 15 PPR points? I think he can, especially Mm -hmm. with his targets. Uh, And he's been, he scored touchdowns. So again, he had two against Miami and then he had one against Washington. So consistently, if you're looking for a running back right now, the running backs are barren. Uh, And especially if you dealt with injuries, I don't hate dialing up Zach Moss's number and hoping for like 60 yards and a touchdown. I like that a lot. I'm targeting every single bill I can against Houston. I just, (laughs) I I just think it's going to be a massacre. I don't see the Texans scoring one point. I'd be super surprised. Uh, so I like that call as Zach Moss. Now it's kind of playing like Russian roulette. Is it Zach Moss or, or Devin Singletary, but yeah. at the goal line, it's either Josh Allen or Zach Moss, right? Yeah. So, so it def so I could definitely see a touchdown or two for Zach Moss this week. So I like that play a lot. Now my start here at running back is Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Now, uh, the Carolina Panthers are, have been sneaky good this season. Like their defense definitely looks better, but Tony Pollard is RB 18 on the season with 183 rushing yards and 65 receiving yards, averaging almost 12 touches a game for a high powered Cowboys offense. Zeke does cap his overall upside, but Pollard should still get plenty of run at home against a decent Carolina defense. And Pollard to me, he just looks so explosive. Every single touch he gets, he shoots out of a cannon. I mean, like, I love watching him play. You know, like, I I managed Zeke in one league where I needed him to destroy this week. Thankfully, he did. But every time I would, you know, like, every time I would see Pollard, I would just think, man, he looks so much more explosive than Zeke. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they both can't coexist. Like, I love Pollard as a flex play this week. If you have him in your flex, I would definitely play him. I really like him this week. And if you have Zeke too, I I would seriously consider starting Zeke and Pollard because I think they both will have great games this week. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, as a Cowboy fan, I, I hate watching Zeke now because he's he's not as explosive. So it hurts right. me because it's like watching you your 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 hero get old. And uh, <laughs> but it, it is it's true. Like and you watch Pollard, man, it's so explosive. I think you're right. I do think they get him more involved. That Cowboys offense starting to be a pain in the ass though. A little bit because Schultz out here getting targets. Yeah. Jarwin getting targets, Cedric Wilson getting targets. And then you have CD and Amari and you're like, Hey, what's happening here? Gallup's injured. He's not even there right now. And then you have, you know, Pollard and, and Zeke. So I do worry about, is there enough targets to go around to make Pollard relevant? But I do think that they are using them in different ways to where they are taking series so it's a, I would say it's a little risk that you're hoping that he hits on the series that he's out there, which is possible. Like, so I, I understand that. Uh, but yeah. that is where I kind of come from from that position. That's fair. All right. Yeah. I thought you were going to yell at me. All right, let's go. Well, to- I was going to just say like, he is averaging 12 touches again. Yes. So I mean, like, that, that is a super safe floor and he's just getting these 10 yard chunk gains every time he touches the ball. So, yeah. you know, I really like that, but you are like, you know, his floor is six to eight points Pollard. Okay. And, and, and I think that's a fine floor and he has a ceiling to just break free on, on any play. It's almost like the Rondell Moore effect. It's like, you know, like you put him in your flex for that high ceiling, but Pollard has a much, much higher floor than Rondell Moore. Yeah. I will say, uh, also about Pollard, that offensive line is kicking people's asses right now, and they're not even yeah. fully healthy. Right. And you, you watch what they've been able to do. So if they get fully healthy on that line and we get dumbass 
Collins back after deciding <laughs> that he wanted to bribe the drug test lady oh or guy. Um, once we get everybody back, I mean, you're oh. going to see a big influx, both those guys. Yeah, no, I agree mm-hmm. there. Uh, now, my guy is Chase Edmonds for my sit. Uh, he's playing the Rams defense. I like Chase. I, I think Chase's look good. Obviously, I think he's had like 75 yards total. He gets the targets that you'd like to see. Yeah. But that Rams defense is no joke. That mm-hmm. defense, that defensive line is no joke. They made the they made the uh, Buccaneers offensive. You know, running backs obviously. Rojo did nothing. Uh, Fournette did nothing. Uh, you know, really Bernard didn't do anything either. So when you look at what those three guys did, I think that the reason why I'm going away from this because I think the Cardinals are going to have to throw a lot in this game. The Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL, and I think they're going to come out early and often, throw the hell out of the ball, and they're going to have to play catch up. So I feel like the script. Yeah, he might get some targets in the passing game. Uh, especially because James Conner is not that guy, but I don't think it's enough. I think that they're going to have to use Murray more. And I just don't, I, I, it's a risk to me with that Rams defense. Yeah. And it was tough seeing James Conner vulture those two touchdowns last week. You know, it was tough as an Edmonds manager. I was just, it was just maddening, you know, like I had Kyler and I had Edmonds and it's like James Conner for four. uh, It is so frustrating. I was tilting, but you know, you know, like Connor, Connor is going to be a thorn in Chase's side all season. It's just, you hope that you hope that the Cardinals are in enough shootouts to make Chase just like a reliable flex low end RB2 in PPR leagues. But this week, I agree. Uh, He's not gonna do much against that Rams defense. And if, and Chase had a shot, he was, he got it at the one yard line. He got stuffed and then they brought in Connor and and he lost it. So he's there, but he's not going to be that touchdown guy. That's just not what you're doing. Exactly. Um, so my running back sit for the week is Damian Harris. Harris looked awful last week. He had, he had six rushes for 14 yards while losing three yards on two catches. I mean, you can't even rely on like, on like a pass catching floor. I mean, he's, he's just awful. Um, he, he looked awful. Uh, and it doesn't get any easier this week. He has to face a Tampa Bay defense allowing just 63.7 rushing yards per game through the first three through the first three weeks, which ranks fourth in the NFL. So I consider Harris to be nothing more than a than a desperate low end flex option this week. And I and I would bench him everywhere. Yeah, poor Harris. I mean, this is a terrible matchup. Stay away from anybody. Yeah. I'm staying away from every running back if I can to play the Bucks. Like, I just uh, yes. you can't do it. Like, it's that's mean. kind of my mindset right now. And if you can, and then if you're not, you're hoping they score a touchdown. Uh, but right. even then, yeah, this game is going to be a massacre. All right, let's go to wide receivers. Uh, you know, for me, my yeah, my start right now, and he didn't have the greatest game, obviously, against Dallas, but Devonta Smith. I think Devonta Smith. Uh, for where he is at right now, and especially, I think that they, I do think they need to run the ball more in Philly. I think maybe we'll yes. see that. But, you know, even then, I think in PPR formats, he still had six targets against Dallas. It was a weird game where nothing was working against Dallas. San Francisco, right. he only had seven targets. He only had two catches that game. I know the first game against Atlanta, we saw him have eight targets, six catches, 71 yards. So people mm-hmm. were really high on him. You know, I like this against the Chiefs. I think that Chiefs defense is weak. Look at what Mike Williams and Keenan Allen just did to that Chiefs defense. So I think that Devonta could do the same thing. I, I do think that this could be a higher scoring game. Yeah. And I because I, that's where I'm at. So for me, this is a game script start. Give me Devonta against the Chiefs and that defense and, and hope that he can get like the six catches, you know, 75, 80 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and this is this is a Kansas City defense that has struggled that has severely struggled throughout 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 the first three weeks of the season. So I definitely like that play of Devonta Smith. I like I like I like that bounce back opportunity, which should be a shootout game. Uh, so my pick at wide receiver is Odell Beckham Jr. And this one feels super weird for me because I <laughs> I I have been an Odell hater for the past few years but i gotta admit he looked great last sunday in his first game back this season he saw nine targets hauling five of them for 77 yards and even had a rushing attempt for 10 yards all right and with jarvis landry out i expect odell to see another nine plus targets in a game where baker is going to have to keep up with Kirk cousins and that high-powered Vikings offense with Thielen and Justin Jefferson and even yeah. and even if Cook doesn't play, Alexander Madison proved great. So 
Baker is going to have to keep up, and I think that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be is going to be the main benefactor of that. And I really like his price on DraftKings right now. Odell Beckham is fifty eight hundred right now. I think that is a bargain for his for his potential return on investment. Yeah, no, I, you know what, when I was, I was looking at that, I laughed because I know you don't like OBJ and right. I was like, oh wait, OBJ is here. Yeah. You know, yeah. he could, I, you know, uh, it's that offense is hard to dictate too. Like you mentioned, yeah. it, it, it's got those things there. I do like if Landry's not there, obviously OBJ should, should right. be okay. Like, I mean, right. he's gonna, he's gonna be that guy. There's something weird going on with him that like he was late coming out of locker room again in the second half. Like, OBJ's always got something going on. Sure. There's always yeah. just that thing. But no, I, I agree. I, I, I like that. Like, if he can do that, if he can get out there, um, I don't hate the pick. It's just hard putting OJ, OBJ in my starting lineup. Like, I have him in one dynasty league. Okay. And I just want to trade him. So, I, you know what? Go oh. off, OBJ. Yeah. Go off against Minnesota because then I can trade you because I can't do it anymore. And I'm, I'm rebuilding anyway. I got to get OBJ off my roster. Uh, so, I'm rooting for you there. Now, my sit for this game is Juju. Juju. Can I talk to you for a second? You were hurting my soul because I was the biggest defender of you, Juju. All last year, I said, hey, you know, he's going to go somewhere else. Then you don't go to the Chiefs. Juju, how do you not go to the Chiefs? That would have been a perfect situation for them. Uh, like, yeah. they just had to sign uh, God, what, Josh Gordon. Come uh, on, Juju. Yeah. If you could have went there, you could have been like that guy. Hardman's mm-hmm. not that guy. He nope. really could have set himself apart, but he did not do it. And that frustrates me because I really thought Juju would be that guy. Uh, you know, he, he had eight targets the first game. Obviously, the second game he had seven targets, but he had a rushing touchdown that helped him. Mm-hmm. But then again, Cincinnati got hurt. He seems like he's coming back, playing Green Bay, which I actually don't hate the matchup, but he looks slow. Like, there's yeah. something wrong with Juju. Like, he's not explosive. He's only 24. Like, what happened to the Juju a few years ago that was explosive, running back, making big plays? Like, I'm yeah. going to be out on Juju because of Big Ben. That arm situation, are they going to get him involved? Like, I feel like he's a high-risk play, and you're just hoping for a touchdown like he did the second week. So I'm going to kind of out on Juju for a little while. Hey, I agree. The only Steelers I'm playing is Deontay, if he's healthy, and Najee Harris. You can have the rest. You can have Juju. I mean, bench him. I agree. (laughs) Uh, I am actually benching him this week for Tim Patrick, so – and it and it is a no-brainer for me. I feel great about it. <laughs> um, so my sit of the week at wide receiver is Kenny Galladay. All right. He yeah. has to travel. Yeah. He has to travel to New Orleans. All right. And Marshawn Latimer is healthy. He looked fantastic last week. He got himself a pick. So he's going to be draped all over, all over him this game. All the attention is going to be on. Kenny Galladay with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton pulling their hamstrings last game. All right. And it's, it's a severe long shot that those two are going to play. So it's just going to be, so it's just going to be the Galladay show, which you would think, Oh, he's going to get volume. He's going to get thrown every time, but that's all the saints have to plan around. All right. And Marshawn Lattimore is an elite corner. Who's going to shut him down. So this Overall, is just going to be a struggle for all of the New York Giants offense. Uh, I would, I would send, uh, I would even send Barkley a few pegs down in your rankings. Um, I know that we're not talking about running backs, but just saying, this whole New York Giants offense is just going to look like a high school team this week. Yeah, I know. I understand. Kenny Galladay, I, you hurt my soul too because I thought you were going to be better. But yeah, I think it's just a mixture of everything. That team is a cluster. The quarterback yeah. situation, like you, it's just, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. All right, let's go to tight ends very quickly. Uh, my star is Dalton Schultz. I'm just going to go with the Schultz train here with the Dallas. I mean, if All he right, scores a touchdown, if he scores a touchdown, that'd be great. I do think that they're leaning on him. And the one thing about him, Dak looks for him on those first down plays or the third down options. Like they use a lot of different areas there. I love Dallas has a great play call where they 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 fake a they fake a you know a, a run and then they have like a tight end screen. And it's worked like three straight weeks in a row. And Schultz has been that target. So I'm a big fan of Schultz. And I do think because of the weapons around there, they forget about Schultz and defenses don't realize the mismatch. So he's playing Carolina. I don't hate it. I know it's a bit of better defense, but if I had to take a shot, one of these deeper tight ends, Schultz would be my guy. I like that play a lot. I mean, you know, I was, 
I was like a Blake Jarwin being a sleeper truther and Schultz is just, is just like shutting all that down, you know, like, yeah. and Schultz looks great. You know, he's always open. Like you said, they're keying in on lamb and Cooper. Uh, so, you know, it's, it is the Schultz show, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Jarwin show this week. Like it could, you know, I don't know. I wish we could just like morph those two tight ends together, you know, <laughs> and just, you know, like, and just get all their stats because it's just it's just like to me it's a coin flip every week. But I mean, like Schultz just got two touchdowns, so he's he's yeah. he definitely has the trust of Dak, and he got to play with Dak all last year with Jarwin Hurts. So uh, there's definitely something there. So my start of the week at tight end is Tyler Conklin. He uh-huh. has been he has been quietly uh, just a stud here. I think he's the tight end seven uh, in PPR league so far. And that is a testament to Kirk cousins because he's been so consistent. Uh, and Tyler Conklin is like the third option in that, uh, in that offense be behind Thielen and behind um, Justin Jefferson. So I really like Conklin this week. He got eight targets last week for 70 yards and a touchdown. Okay. So, you know, he was great last week against Seattle he returns home against the Browns, which is by no means uh, an easy matchup, but still Conklin, he got eight targets last week. Kirk Cousins is looking for him, you know, and this could be a quietly high scoring game. So, so I see Tyler Conklin being that low end tight end one. I can see him finishing somewhere between tight end seven to tight end 12. Okay. Yeah. Tyler, I, you know, it's funny watching those guys cause you know, gosh, you, you, you don't know who's going to pop out, but I, I like that. I, I just love that name too. Conklin. Like it just Conklin. like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, Tyler Conklin, yeah, you can, you can see it, get that touchdown in there and, and you go from there. Uh, all right. Yeah. So those are our tight ends. Whatever he sits for you there. Uh, tight ends so hard. Like, you know, you're just trying to, if you're streaming tight ends this year, Godspeed. Uh, and George <laughs> Kittle, can you score a touchdown? Please oh score a touchdown. Gosh, man. It's killing me that Kushek or whatever the hell that guy's name is, uh, uh, the, the fullback for the Niners, you're, you're, you're uh, oh, killing Uchek. me. I know you check you bastard. Okay. Give yeah. me back my touchdowns for George Kittle, please. Like you're killing my, my sh- Kittle shares there. Uh, defense again, I am, I'm not perfect on defenses. Uh, so I don't like to do a whole lot of analysis. I do think the Ravens are a sneaky player this week against your Broncos. Uh, I do. I, okay. I think that they could, Get a couple interceptions off of Teddy B. Uh, you know, that running game, yeah, it's okay with Gordon. I think they need to get Javante more involved. Yeah. But I could see maybe the Ravens coming out playing very well against the Broncos. In Denver, that's surprising because, like, the Broncos usually play a lot better out here. Um, and I'm going to that game, so I sure hope you're wrong, Kevin. But I can see that happening because the Broncos haven't, haven't, haven't faced a real defensive opponent yet. And the Ravens are a stud defense. So I can definitely see them knocking them in the mouth early. I just hope that the Broncos can, uh, can adjust, but you know, that is no gimme here. So, you know, I respect that call. Um, and for me, I'm starting the saints everywhere against the giants. All right. For all the same reasons I'm sitting Kenny Galladay, I'm starting the new or I am starting the new Orleans saints with confidence, believe it or not. New Orleans is the number one ranked fantasy defense, averaging 13.7 points. They just forced Mac Jones to throw his first, second, and third interception of his career, along with two sacks and a touchdown last week. We all know that Daniel Jones isn't the greatest keeper of the football, and with Shepard and Slayton getting injured, it's going to be tough sledding for the the whole Giants offense. So I would fire up the New Orleans defense as a top two option this week, and they are currently available in 70% of sleeper leagues. Yeah, they're they're available all over the place, and wow. this would be the perfect streaming defense. Now, that, that that's great. Any Daniel Jones? That's all you got to say. Uh, Daniel Jones <laughs> train train that's is coming fair. to an end. All right, so those are our starting sits. Let's go to really quick to my dynasty panic meter, guys that we're worried about, maybe we're not worried about. And I, I just wrote this for fantasy pros. You could check it out the the whole thing. But right now, three guys that come to mind: Kyle Pitts, uh, Atlanta. Now, this is you're only worried about this is if you overvalue Kyle Pitts. Like, I was out on Kyle Pitts in every format because his price was too high for me. I just didn't value it at where he was going, especially redraft, right? Redraft, he was going fairly high. I was round three, round four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, 
And he is not, you know, he has 11 receptions. He has 11 receptions this year, 139 yards and zero touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That's not great, especially if you're drafting him where he's going. But the reality is he was going to always struggle early in the season, especially early. Like he was going to Julio Jones trade. Most figured he'd be the second most targets. But right now he sits at 17 targets. Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson has 15 targets. And in the past few games, Pitts has also seen his targets drop from eight to six to three. And his red zone scenario. So, like, we're seeing him not use in ways that we want to. However, in Dynasty, I'm buying the hell out of him right now. So, like, you, this is the time. Like, if you're going to – now, you're not buying low on pits because those pits managers aren't going to give him up. But this is where you can actually buy him for value. So, one thing I've been seeing people doing is trading George Kittle for pits. So I've seen George Kittle and then maybe getting something back with Pitts now. Whereas in the past, that would have been Pitts for Kittle, maybe plus. So for me, if you have Kittle on your roster and you're a little worried about his usage, you see him not scoring those touchdowns and stuff, why not just dangle it out there? Try to grab Pitts right now and get another asset, something that you would never have been able to do in the the offseason and go there. But I'm not worried about Pitts. I do do think that, that he'll be fine. But right now, it's finally a fair market price. Who's your next guy? My next guy will be, and we already talked about Mike, but Melvin Gordon. So you're running back for Denver, who's yeah. played okay. He's been a low-end running back two, a high-end running back three this year. Mm-hmm. He had 18 carries his last game against the Jets. He should still get involved in the offense because Judy and Hamler are going to be there. But to me, if you're ever going to get Melvin Gordon off of your roster, it's now. Like, you got to, like, hey, someone's got to be out there to trade, you know, Melvin Gordon. Because – Javante Williams is coming and Javante Williams is a very solid running back. Now his numbers don't pop off, but they're giving him more confidence and he's learning that offense. And Mm -hmm. I do, I think I was watching the broadcast and they were talking about how the coaching staff is trying to get him more involved in the one cut, not doing too many moves like actually. And I think it's working. So Melvin's got to get off your roster. The only way I would say that if Melvin should stay on your roster is if he is a legitimate, like, you have him on your team, and he is like the fourth running back, and you just have him for depth. Yeah. Okay, so if that happens, fine. But you got to try to get rid of him. And I, I saw an interesting deal. I did see a third-round pick. I wouldn't give up Melvin Gordon for a third-round pick because nah. I think the value is more. If you can get right. a second, okay, I, I don't hate that. I did see him go for rugs straight up. Okay. Don't hate that one either. So, like, these are kind right. of names you can kind of get out there. But Melvin's got to be a sell, like sell him now or let's it's done like there's no coming back uh and i would prefer you get a 2023 second if you're going to sell him for a 2022 or a pick i respect that and i i honestly believe that this week against against the baltimore ravens we're going to get a clearer picture on who denver actual actual actually prefers in this rushing attack because they've just had easy matchups so now now that it's getting harder, it's like, okay, who do we trust to run the ball? So yeah. now would be the time to sell to sell Melvin because I do believe that they do trust Javante and they and and they want him to take the reins. So I agree with you there. Sell Melvin now. Yeah. And then the other one is Justin Fields. Buy Justin Fields or hold him. Yeah. Don't sell him. Like uh, he had a terrible game, but that was more on Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy is by far the worst oh. coach in the NFL. Oh. Uh, uninspiring play calling. They didn't put him in the, his strength, which is RPOs, moving him out of pocket. Right. Nagy, Nagy called an abysmal game on Sunday. Abysmal. And Fields only had 6 of 20 for 68 yards. He looked awful. Yep. But, I mean, to me personally, like, that's fine. You're buying, you know, I would rather have Fields than any other quarterback in next year's class. Yeah. Right now, probably. So if you're looking at rebuilding or maybe doing it, you can obviously get Fields now at a pretty lower price. But I'm not worried about Fields. I know some people are. I think when Nagy gets fired at some point, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be yeah. all right. New system, kind of build around him. So yeah. I believe in Justin Fields. So for me, I'm not panicking quite yet. I love that because I have Justin Fields and I've been getting some sorry offers lately. And it's just a hard decline, hard decline because there's no way like I spent that early of a pick on Justin Fields for his rushing upside and just he's a great quarterback. I'm not going to give up on him now because I know, like you said, Matt Nagy is the problem. All we need is a coach just to center that offense around. I love what you said, Kevin. I would like I'm holding. And like you said, if you can somehow buy low on him, 
kudos. Yeah, kudos for you guys. All right, who you got? <laughs> who do you guys got for your streamers out here? All right, so for my quarterback streamers this week, I got Sam Darnold going to Dallas. All right, Kevin always says that I pick on his Cowboys, but I have you to. You do. All right. <laughs> I do. But look, I may be going for the low-hanging fruit here, but Darnold is still available in so many leagues. He's only rostered in 29% of Sleeper and 22% of Yahoo. Like I said earlier, Darnold is quarterback 12 through the first three weeks of the season. He's averaging 21.41 fantasy points per game and hasn't scored lower than 19 points in any game so far. This week, Darnold faces a Dallas defense giving up a second worst 331.7 passing yards per game. The loss of CMC is a bummer, but that should mean more targets to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who hasn't been getting many targets. So I believe that the Panthers will get Robbie Anderson more involved and get the ball in his hands to make some plays for Darnold. All right. Darnold is my quarterback 14 heading into week four. And I'm starting Sam Darnold over Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, and Matt Ryan, just to name a few. Man, you're going all out on that one. All right, we'll see what happens there, Jacob. We're going to see what happens in this game. We'll see, my man. I'm in a weird (laughs) spot because I want to root for Darnold, but I can't root for him this week. So I'm in this weird, like, I hope he has, like, a nice game, but not an amazing game. A fantastic game, but the Cowboys win, right? Yeah, maybe make just an okay game. I don't want the Cowboys look that bad. But for you, (laughs) we'll see. We'll see what happens. Deal, deal. All right. And for my second quarterback streamer, I got a guy that you already talked about earlier, but I love his matchup. Taylor Heineke is traveling to Atlanta. All right, Kevin. Yeah. Like I said, I'm so glad that you brought him up earlier because since he took over for Ryan Fitzpatrick, Heineke is the quarterback 14 overall. He is averaging 21.71 fantasy points per game. He travels to Atlanta, who is giving up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. All right. He has Antonio Gibson. He has Terry. He has Logan Thomas. And with Curtis Samuel possibly returning this week, Heineke for me is a top 15 play, especially given his rushing floor. And I'm starting him over guys like, like I said earlier, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, and Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. No, I like that. No, I agree. I think those are, that's a good pick. I think he's going to have a good game and he's yeah. going to be out there. So no, I good. All right, let's go to our last segment, which is quick lock of the week, man. For me, Antonio Gibson versus Falcons. I feel like I just got to pick anybody that plays the Falcons, Love but it. you know, I, last week we saw he's had an okay year. So you know, 11 points, nine points. He had 17 points last week. He had that one reception we saw for, you know, 73 hours of touchdown, they're going to get him more involved. They have to. I think that this is a big game for them. They got to go to two and two. And I hope they lose as a Cowboy fan, but I do think they're going to win this game. I, I, I like what you're going to see out of him. I think that Gibson's going to be a smash play this week. And I, it wouldn't shock me to see him finish as a running back one finally. Love that play. And for me, I got Joe Mixon against the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Mixon did a lot better than I thought last week when he went into Pittsburgh. All right. He totaled 94 yards on 19 touches. He's gone two games without a touchdown, but that ends on Thursday night. Mixon is a top five back for me this week at home against a Jaguars defense, giving up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs on the season. Not to mention last year in week four, Mixon ran all over the Jags, rushing for 151 yards on 25 attempts and two touchdowns while adding 30 yards through the air. So Mixon right now is currently my RB3 of the week, and he is my lock. Yeah, shout out to my boy Joe Mixon. Uh, we're, we're always on this on this level together. I appreciate him just having a very solid year, and he's doing really well. But yeah, any, Jaguars are trash, guys. Any, anytime you can get a Jaguars player, you go after him, and that's kind of how you win your league. So, exactly. hey, I, I appreciate you guys tuning in again. As always, you guys know, yeah. uh, we love your support. We love your ideas yeah. that you send to us and you know your start sits and your questions that you have. Uh, all that is, is very appreciative. Uh, you going to the game this weekend? I'm going to the game this weekend. The Broncos versus the Ravens. My wife just surprised me a few days ago and I was, I am pumped. So I, yeah, man, I am super curious to see if this Broncos team is for real. So 
I'll let you know how how they look, man, if they pass the eye test. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, I'm no longer, after going to the Fresno State game and the Cowboy game, I think I'm on lockdown for a little while. Uh, but I did take yeah. my kids. So, you know, I got I took my kids to the Fresno State game. They made it three quarters. No tantrums, no nothing. So that's a good good start for my children. That's a success, so, man. That's awesome. It was. It was a success. And it's funny, my youngest daughter, who's younger, she yeah. was mad we were leaving. My oldest daughter is the one that made us leave because she was tired. So that's oh. how that worked. So you know who the sports fan is my family going to be. It's going to be the younger one, not the, Love not that, the older man. one. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll catch you next same time next week, 5 o'clock. Uh, or Pacific, sorry. I, I, I do that always because I don't care about Eastern. But Eastern <laughs> Standard Time, 8, 8 p.m. at night. We appreciate you guys. And always check us on the podcast. So see you guys next week. See you.